This is Juliana McIntosh. And I'm Brad Sutton. And And this this is is The Art Art of of Drinking. Drinking. With Join Jules. And your favorite uncle. This is the best home bartending podcast. Where you learn how to make two drinks. A classic. And a twist. Plus a little backstory on the cocktail. So you have an interesting story to tell when you serve your guests. Your home crafted masterpiece. Uncle Brad. Hey, Jules. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Pretty good. Pretty, pretty <laughs> good. I know. I am actually really good because this was my first pass on my cocktail recipe today. And man, I can't wait to go run and make a second one. It's so freaking good. Oh, that's awesome. I have played around with the highball as well. And there's just all kinds of fun things you can do. I was making them over the weekend because I'm like, okay, which way really does taste the best? And again, hats off, we'll talk about Japan here, but they have taken the highball to a whole new level. It's so cool. But I wanted to see like, okay, is the Japanese way good? Is like, you know, the the normal way is good? And then you can like, seriously, for their highball, it's a simple two-ingredient cocktail, three if you include the ice as an ingredient. Right. And you can do anything. Like you could put tequila in a highball. Like mm-hmm. that's what ranch water essentially is, right? It's yeah. a tequila highball with lime juice. Well, isn't a Paloma the same thing? Tequila and grapefruit soda? I, yeah. Right? Uh, yeah, if you consider the grapefruit soda, because you can you could put ginger ale in a highball. That's right. You know, so why not grapefruit soda? It's like if you start to kind of mess around with like grapefruit juice, and then it's like, okay, now I'm sure. maybe getting technically away from a highball. But I don't know, maybe not. Like a gin ricky is a highball, right? That's... Gin, soda water, and lime juice. I don't remember what episode it was, but somebody asked what recipe or what cocktail should be on my bar menu at home. Highball. Invest in a soda stream or get your ginger ale, whichever spritzer you want to use. But a highball is like such an elegant, simple, refreshing sipper to have in your repertoire. Totally. And like I started to say, but didn't really finish my thought, I guess, earlier, (laughs) is that you could really play around with this, right? I mean, this weekend I was making all these different kinds of highballs and I added a little cinnamon simple syrup because, you know, we had cinnamon simple syrup left over from the zombie. I dropped a few bitters into Ooh. my highball. That was good. Wow. Yeah. So you can play around with this. But today I definitely want to talk about how the Japanese do it because you can make a highball and make it make a highball, right? Yeah. But I want to talk about this concept, kodawari. Mm -hmm. they call it, which is like the pursuit of perfection. And that is when you make a highball in Japan, I mean, they embrace, I I feel like Japan embraces this with literally everything. Like everything they do is just like perfect and wonderful, right? But it's like this kodawari. It's it's this pursuit to just be absolutely perfect Mm -hmm. in the way you make a highball. And the way I look at it, it's kind of like, all right, let's get into the ritual, right? Because this can be therapy too. You can make a drink or kind of like how some people get into cooking and that's therapy for them. Yeah. You can make a cocktail and just be ritualistic about it, and that'll be therapy for you. Totally. And it'll taste delicious. Have you seen those cocktail makers? I think it's Japan. They're insane. They're on a whole nother level. Their programs and like, I've seen one where they take a sphere ice cube that still has water. So it's solid on the outside, but on the inside hasn't solidified yet. 
so it's like water. They take the end of like a sharp bar spoon, they light it with fire, they get it hot, they stick it down so there's a whole opening, they dump the water out, then they shake the cocktail and they funnel it in this ice cube. And then, get this, they have like a highball glass with soda water and then they put that ice cube with the cocktail in it and oh. then it just melts. I'm like, wait, what is happening? I am so mesmerized by all of these videos. They're insane. They have the wildest ideas. Did you see that? Uh, I think I put it up on our Instagram page, that Tokyo bar yes. with, I think it's a samurai bar in Tokyo. I can't remember what it was called. Go check out the Instagram page. But like the way they go out making cocktails. It's insane. It, it's like art. Yes. It's just so cool. I mean, listen, America, a lot of countries, London, lots of places around the world do cocktails really well. But there's something about the Japanese yes. and their just their seriousness totally. right? and their dedication to that perfected cocktail that I just love. Well, you know, it was funny. When I went to France last year, it, was it last year or two years ago? It doesn't matter. It was the first time I had a clarified cocktail. I was like, oh my God, this is so good. And then I started seeing it in New York. Then it came to California. But I feel like once I had that revelation of it kind of takes a wave to get places, I don't know what I saw, but I was like, wait, I don't think Europe is starting this wave. I think it's coming from Japan. Like I think what they're doing over there slowly trickles its way, but I kind of think they're the leaders in the cocktail space. I could be really? totally off base, but Ooh. just from my observation, like, from an outsider's observation, I know from an outsider's observation, <laughs> I kind of light up. I know I kind of think that they're leaders in the cocktail space in some significant form. Hot take. It was a show I was watching on Netflix or something, and it was this bartender in Japan, mm -hmm. and the bar was his apartment, and you went to his apartment, That's and so he cool. shook you a drink in his apartment. And I mean, you paid a price to sure. have this guy make you a drink. And man, the way he shook Ugh, was very so specific. Cool. The way they shaved the ice, yeah. very specific. I mean, they are all about the clear ice, mm -hmm. right? Because that is just a elegant way to present the cocktail. Yeah, I mean, I totally need to get over to Japan and check out the cocktails. Yes, we've talked about that. We'll take the podcast on the road. We will go oh, yeah. to Japan. We're talking a lot about Japan and the highball, but the highball didn't originate there? No. Okay. Nope, this is an American drink. And we'll get into the total history, but it, it gets to Japan at some point. Oh yeah. Let's dive into how to make the highball. Yes, I'm excited, I'm ready. All right, let's go. So I, I recipe tested this a few ways, right? Okay. I used regular ice versus clear ice. I used, oh, oh there's my dog participating <laughs> in the podcast. She's excited She's so about the ice. I love that one. <laughs> that was my favorite. <laughs> Woo, it Bring good. it back. <laughs> so somebody's out front there. She's like, oh, I don't know, danger. Yeah. Somebody's out <laughs> checking out the water bowl. We put a water bowl at the end of our sidewalk on the street. Mm -hmm. And then we put like this reusable glass milk container that we get, you know, from the grocery store. So we just, you know, it's like a deposit, $2. So we put that out there so people can walk by, you know, fill the bowl up and water their dog. And dude, like somebody took the returnable. I'm like, really? Aww. I know, you broke 
Like, come on. Yeah, what a jerk. Maybe yeah, they didn't understand the concept. Huts. Yeah, jeez <laughs> Louise. Can't do anything nice. So that's who she's barking at. Somebody watering up their dog. All right, yeah, We so we played around with it. And then I'm like, okay, let's make it with half ginger ale, half soda water. That's really actually delicious. But the thing that I like about the highball is if you like have favorite spirits, but you don't want to do a neat cocktail, mm-hmm. the highball is a great way to just lengthen out the cocktail. Plus, I feel a highball, it brings flavors forward that you're going to miss when you drink the spirit neat. Now, neat can be full flavored as well, but sometimes, you know, you tamp down the heat and you can pick up some of the other lighter flavors and it's like super easy to drink and you can drink one or you could drink more because the thing about a highball is it's the same alcohol content as a beer. So, if you can drink six beers, you can drink six highballs. It's not going to be like something that's going to put you in the street unless you're making them really strong. Right. To that end, you can decide if you want to do a two-to-one ratio or a three-to-one ratio. I like a three-to-one ratio. Mm-hmm. And that appears to be the way that the Japanese prefer it as well. Okay. Nice. So there's a lot of ways you can play with this is what I'm a getting. A lot of ways you can play with this. But, yeah. but here's the thing that the Japanese believe. And this comes from, so we talked about kodawari, which is that pursuit of perfection. And then there's something called mizawari or mizuwari, sorry, mizuwari, which means to cut with water or simply mizu, Mm. which means water and wari, which means divide. And it's a popular way in Japan to enjoy spirits. They, They mix their spirits with cold water to lengthen them out, but also to bring some flavors forward. Mm hmm totally works. In this case, only you're using carbonated water. Temperature of the glass matters. So you need to have your Collins glass in the freezer. Yep. You want to maximize carbonation. In fact, the more carbonated you can get your water, the better. I don't use mineral water. And that's because the mineral water brings additional flavors with it. So if you just want to experience the spirit, Use carbonated water and then go, if you have a soda stream, great. You know, seven or eight honks on your soda stream, yeah. you've got some pretty carbonated water. Schweppes, if you're going to go out and buy it, has really carbonated water as well. And then if you're like, whatever, I don't care about the minerals, then fine. Topo Chico, I think, is great too. So carbonation matters. And then you bring these bright flavors forward. So here's what you're going to do. So you're going to take your highball glass out of the freezer and you're going to take a chunk of clear ice if you've made clear ice. And that is literally the most elegant presentation. It looks like there's no ice in there when you use clear ice, which is just makes the cocktail beautiful. So if you don't have clear ice, sure, you can use the ice out of your freezer. If you can go get clear ice, great. But if you don't like, I don't want to spend all that money on like chunks of clear ice from the grocery store, you can go get bag ice from the grocery store too, because that stuff's usually pretty clear. It's just, it's going to melt and it's going to dilute. So if you got the clear ice, you want to engage the ritual. Great, here we go. So you take a chunk of ice and you drop it in the glass and then you take and you stir that chunk of ice for 30 seconds with your bar spoon. You could probably get away with like 10 to 15 rotations, but you stir it and what you're doing is you're just kind of taking the edges off the ice. You know, Obviously you're continuing to chill the glass and then you take the water and you pour that out from whatever melted. Then you take two ounces of your favorite Japanese whiskey. If you don't want to use Japanese whiskey, you want to use scotch, whatever. I mean, it's. I think at this point, this is all about the art 
if you're following the Japanese way, if you want to use Japanese whiskey, I think it happens to be delicious. It, you know, they have whiskeys that taste like scotch. Great. I used Nika Coffee Malt. Ooh. It's an expensive Japanese whiskey. You could use Suntory Japanese whiskey. Japanese whiskey is going to set you back a little bit. It's not, you're not going to find something for 20 bucks, right? Sure. But, but worth it. Worthy investment. But worth it. Yeah, yeah, worth it in my opinion. Japanese whiskey tastes a lot like blended scotch in my opinion. So mm. if you want to use Dewar's, Johnny Walker, that's fine too. Okay. But stay true to form if you're going to go Japanese, go Japanese whiskey. So you're going to take two ounces of that and you're going to pour that over that chunk of ice in your Collins glass, and you are going to stir it exactly 13 and a half times Ooh. around the glass. Wow. 13 and a half times. And then you're gonna add another chunk of ice, and you're gonna to top off with six ounces, and you can do a half and half ginger ale and soda water, mm -hmm. or six ounces of plain soda water, or if you want to use ginger ale, use ginger ale, that's fine too. But you're gonna use six ounces, and you're gonna add that to the glass. And if you still have room left, Grab one more chunk of, of clear ice and top the drink off with that. But you're going to stir that for three and a half times. And when you stir that three and a half times and you finish that stir, you are going to delicately take that bar spoon out, not to disturb the mm. ice or stir it any further because you have achieved perfection. Wow. Yeah. And then you're going to take a thick peel of lemon using your Y peeler. And you just can express the oils right over the top of that. And if you want to light that on fire, so you got a little match in front of the oil, it's just going to spritz real quick. It's not going to be like, you know, like a, right, a flamethrower. Right. right. So it's just a little kind of zap, zap when you express that oil over the drink. And then you take the peel and you just give it a twist and you set it into the drink and you sip. And it is ever wow. so delicate and delicious. And I have to tell you, again, this is like a ritual. So if this is something you want to go through, fantastic and just live in the moment and try to perfect yeah. what you're doing. Try to perfect the way you pull the bar spoon out so you don't disturb anything, right? right? However, if you just want to highball and you want to just throw this together, zippy, zippy, zippy in the glass, boom, you can do that too, all right? So totally up to you. But that is the Japanese way. And really, Brad, what I'm hearing is you got very technical on the amount of spins, if you will. Mm -hmm. And so you're talking about perfection for dilution, right? Correct. Dilution and temperature. Yeah. Okay. Right. That makes yeah. sense. Well, mine yes. is not the right perfection, but it is a different kind of perfection, in my opinion, because I think it's so good. Perfection is yeah. all, uh, it's all It's what opinion. you make it. Yeah. Right. Well, I will say, Brad, I don't know if you joined in on the fun, but a couple weeks ago, I had a stone fruit week where I posted a bunch of stone fruit recipes. One of those recipes happened to be a peach-infused cognac, and I thought, you know what? Why don't we use that? The other thing I will say, you could also infuse your bourbon. I did that last year, or whiskey, a scotch, or rye. You can infuse that with peaches. Now, if you're curious how you do it, take about two cups of your cognac, rye, whiskey, pour that in a jar, and then add fresh slices of cleaned and peeled peaches. I used about, I think, one full peach in there, and I let it infuse for at least a week. And it's going to make this version of a highball. This is my peach highball. 
Really good. And especially as we're nearing the end of summer, this really is like the end of summer cocktail. So what you're going to want to do is that we're totally building it in the glass. So Brad, what I did is I didn't, so obviously my glass is chilled. Then you're going to add in two ounces of that peach infusion, whether that's cognac or your choice of whiskey. From there, I added in, and this is where it kind of gets into that summer feeling. I did a half ounce of basil syrup and just a half ounce of lemon juice. I just wanted a little. And then from there, I chilled the ingredient. So I used my bar spoon, chilled it with the ice. I added another ice cube. And then I added in four ounces of my sparkling water that I made with my soda stream. And I did about like seven little spritzes on that machine because I wanted it yeah, yeah. really bubblicious. So this was really bubbly. And then I added that soda into there. I gave it a good stir and I garnished on the top of the ice cube that I had with just one single basil leaf. It looked elegant. Uh, it tastes yes. delicious. I mean, this is so good and up my alley, just so light. It's not too sweet. It's just a perfect balance. And I love this recipe because it's totally end of summer. Like you're sitting on your porch, you want a cocktail, but you don't want something really strong. This is it. This is like an adult iced tea, if you will, I think. <laughs> well, you had me a peach cognac. <laughs> no, Brad, you have to try this. It is a total riff on the highball, but a really, really good one. And it's worth investing in infusing your cognac or, or whiskey with some fresh peaches while, while they're in season. Oh, man, that sounds so good. Like I said, you had me at <laughs> peach infusion. Peach infused yes. cognac. Yeah. And like I said, we started this thing off. You can put any spirit together with carbonated water and ice and you've got yourself a highball. Yeah. It doesn't have to be whiskey. It could be brandy. It could be anything. Well, and I think, Brad, we say this all the time, but once you make it the right way, literally, then you can play and you can add, you can take away, you can add a little syrup. So truly, it's a great one to know the classic recipe and then build and just get creative and fun with it. Sure. And if you want to just goon it and not do the Japanese yeah, style, hey. just, you know what? Two ounces of hooch and four to six ounces of soda water and you're in business. Yeah, yeah. Do what you need to do. We're your guidance counselors for the highball. <laughs> well, Brad, I actually think I might go make another one so I can sit back and listen to this history lesson. All right, Jules. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. All right, Brad, I re-upped my cocktail. I'm sitting back now. I'm relaxed. I'm ready for this history lesson. Right on. Let's talk about the highball. So without further ado, Jules, <laughs> right. when you think about the highball, it's comprised of some key components. So one is carbonated water. And mm -hmm. carbonated water was invented in Leeds 
of all places, Leeds, England. Shout out to Patty and Leon, if you're listening. Good friends of ours in Leeds. And that was in the mid-1700s. And then Scotch has been around for a long time, and Scotland isn't that far from England, clearly, right? They share Mm -hmm. a border. And Scotch, as you know, is whiskey that is from Scotland, and you can't make Scotch anywhere else. So you can make something taste like Scotch, but you can't call it Scotch. And Scotch became popular in England after the Napoleonic Wars because access to cognac and brandy Mm. became extremely limited, if not impossible. Now, we had this problem once before, and that's how the gin craze started. So once they got access again, it stopped. And so people were looking for alternatives. And Scotland was there to answer the call. And so the English had access to scotch. So boom, there you have two things that go together, scotch, soda, you've got the scotch and soda. And then in the late 1800s, the U.S. created the ability to kind of commercially store ice and transport ice. And so now you've got the ability to put ice in cocktails, which was a favorite thing to do here in the United States because we loved ourselves some drinking. And Brad, did you say when this was? What year this was with the ice? Yeah, so this is late 1800s now. So you've kind of got this progression of things happening, right? Mm Mm-hmm. So now you've got all these components that come together. I'm leading up to kind of like the inventor because it's, again, it's like, well, who invented it? Right. You know, because it's not exactly clear, although there are pretty some pretty consistent stories. So before I get into who invented it, let me just stop one last thing. Where did the name come from? A glass is called a ball in Ireland, and high means to drink a tall drink, or it means tall. Oh, so interesting. high ball could be a tall glass, according to somebody who brought those two things together. It also could be something that comes from the locomotive industry, the steam uh, locomotives, again, back in the 1800s. So when you had steam locomotives, there was this gauge inside the engine that was a ball that went up and down a shaft. And when the boiler reached a certain level, the conductor would signal that by giving two short bursts on the whistle, followed by one long whistle. And they'd stop what they're doing and take a break and people would drink whiskey. Not highballs, but they would drink whiskey. So maybe the term highball comes from that whiskey drinking tradition of stopping the engine when the ball was high in the shaft, right? Right. And the cylinder thing that told you how full the boiler was. So no one really knows for sure. Just like they don't necessarily know for sure about who invented the drink. So Mm. here we go. 1895, you got Chris Lawler, of the Burnett House in Cincinnati. And he included Highball in his book, The Mixologist. And he just simply said, you know, you put in a thin ale glass, a thin tall ale glass, Mm -hmm. one lump of ice filled with a siphon of seltzer and then a half a jigger of brandy or whiskey. So in 1902, Tommy Dewar, the Dewar's website will tell you, Well, Tommy Dewar was out with some friends and he asked for a scotch to be served on high with soda and ice and a lemon. So he, therefore, must be the inventor of the highball. Mm -hmm. But then we got 1927 and Patrick Duffy puts it on public notice by writing to the New York Times that he indeed was the inventor of the highball. And here's how his story goes. In 1884, English actor E.J. Ratcliffe walked into his cafe in New York City and asked for a scotch and soda. 
He releases a book called The Official Mixer's Manual, which is apparently a really good book because later on that book is picked up and updated by James Beard and everybody who knows anything about the hospitality industry or the food Mm -hmm. and beverage industry, James Beard's kind of a big name and that's a really big award to get. Yeah. Anyways, so in that guide, he says, it is my fondest hopes that the highball will again take its place as the leading American drink. Wow. I admit being a bit prejudiced about it because after all, it was I who also introduced the highball to America in 1895. Now, I said 1895, why not 1894? Because didn't that guy walk into his cafe and order a scotch and soda? Right. True. He actually credits the fact that he was inspired by the scotch and soda and just added ice. <laughs> so, so he invented the highball. But here's another weird thing is also going back to 1894, there was written mention of the highball from a play called My Friend from India. And a character actually asks for a highball of whiskey. So the history is kind of all over the map on, yeah. on where this came from. I'll stop there. Yeah, okay. What do you think based upon what I told you? It's tough because, okay, so for me, it's an easy one, right? Like you have your spirit, you add the soda, and then you add the ice. I think what comes into play is A, when did they figure, I mean, I think the scotch and soda story, but then they added ice, but then everybody was doing it with the, I don't know, it's tough. Yeah. I, I think the two things just existed, <laughs> you know? Right. And somebody added ice and threw it on the menu and started calling the highball theirs. I mean, it's pretty intense. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. I guess there's an inventor to the peanut butter and jelly sandwich too. Sure. Yeah, but this one kind of seems like it's so like of a simple recipe that it'd kind of be hard to, pinpoint down. I mean, I, I I like the 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 Chris Lawler story because it was in his book, right? And that's 1895. Who put it out in print? Exactly. I go with the one where you have the written. That, for me, I mean, that's just like evidence, right? I mean, yeah. even though somebody claims, if it's in writing, I, I think you got to go with that one. 100%. Well, all right. Well, let's, let's move on. So that's the invention. Let's talk okay. about the popularity of the highball. Yes. In 1934, this book comes out by uh, Mr. Gavin. And scotch was very popular during Prohibition. So let's talk about Prohibition for a second. And you're like, well, how, why was scotch popular in Prohibition? Doesn't that come from Scotland? Well, we took a hit on manufacturing alcohol here. So bourbon that was in barrels, you know, those barrels got destroyed. And then the bourbon that they were making didn't taste very good. And then you had bathtub gin. That didn't taste very good. But if you got scotch whiskey, you kind of knew what you were getting yeah. pretty consistently, and you knew it was going to taste okay. So people drank a lot of scotch. But you're like, well, how did they get scotch whiskey? Well, here's the deal. Scotland didn't want to cause a problem with the United States and ship directly to the United States because they couldn't. It was illegal. It wouldn't even get out of the port, right? But what they would do is they would ship it to Canada or the West Indies and Mexico, and scotch found its way across the borders fully knowing it was coming across the borders illegally, they weren't stupid because scotch sales in Canada rose like by 400%. In Bermuda, they went up like 4,000%. And people were basically running scotch to the United States. What they would do is they'd put it on a schooner and then they would get it to about three miles outside of the U.S. border on the water, which is still considered international waters. Mm -hmm. And then speedboats would come up, grab the whiskey and run it back to shore. They used speedboats because they could outrun Coast Guard. Right. Now, there was one guy by the name of William Bill McCoy mm. 
who his scooter holds 5,000 cases of spirits, of alcohol. And he was known for keeping quality. He wouldn't cut the stuff, which that would happen too, right? You get mobsters and gangsters who are running alcohol. They're going to cut it with water to make even more profit, right? right. He would not allow his product to be cut because he sold it name brand. He wouldn't mess with it. He wouldn't himself cut it because he would make more profit either. Mm-hmm. So you could say that when you got a bottle from his schooner, you were getting the real McCoy. Hey. That's where that state, that's where that <laughs> phrase comes from, was the real McCoy. That's awesome. Oh, I had no idea. So after Prohibition, Scotch maintains its popularity and Scotch and sodas, is, it's just a part of the American drinking culture and a popular part of the American drinking culture. And tell about the 1980s mm-hmm. when vodka took over as the cool kid for scotch. And, you know, again, I think that's because of Dick Bradsell and just like, you know, all the crazy things he was doing with vodka. Sure. So meanwhile, back in Japan, whiskey is popular there too. Japanese started making whiskey in the late 1800s. And it wasn't until 1927 that Japanese whiskey became commercially available. Well, World War II breaks out, kind of puts a damper on the Japanese whiskey producing industry. Suntory kicks up production again after the war. And in the 1950s, they put out a string of bars called Tory bars, which were used to promote Suntory spirits. And of course, in there were highballs. In fact, the highball became so popular that it was given to employees as an after work beverage. And that continued through the 60s and the 70s. And it was a way to show off disposable income for Japanese businessmen. And then it started to tail off a little bit as over-the-counter or ready-to-drink beverages became more and more available. In 2008, Suntory relaunches whiskey with this ad with a popular commercial featuring this famous Japanese actress simply by the name Koyuki. Her full name was Koyuki Kato. But you might remember Koyuki if you ever watched The Last Samurai, the movie that Tom Cruise yes, movie 2003. Yes, yes, yes. Tom Cruise kills another samurai. Koyuki was that samurai's wife, or she played that guy's wife in the movie. So she's a popular actress and she's a model. She's very pretty. Mm-hmm. And that becomes super popular and people start picking up scotch and sodas again. Now, scotch and sodas were being canned and so they're being provided in a can. In fact, you can get scotch and soda in a can, Japanese scotch and soda in a can here in the United States. Tastes pretty good. You know, I mean, I don't know if you go so far as to drink it out of the can if you know you want to spend that kind of money. I think it's like eight bucks or nine bucks a can. But I will tell you that the key here is the carbonation in those scotch and sodas in Japan. Suntory, back in the 80s, had these machines that would put out a mix of their whiskey with highly carbonated water that was five times that of normal carbonated water. And I can tell you that they got introduced to the United States in 2016, but very limited. So you're not going to find these things everywhere. It's Mm -hmm. really, really hard to find a Suntory Toki machine when you go to a restaurant because they got to be really specialized in Japanese cuisine or very dedicated to their craft. There's a place here locally called Travail. They've got a highball machine. And I can tell you that what comes out of that machine, it's like whiskey champagne. It is just like these infinitely tiny bubbles that just disperse in your mouth and it gets creamy and foamy. It is amazing. 
what these things produce. Have you ever had one of these highballs from one of these machines? I think I had to have because you were saying they're called Tory bars. Is that right? Yes. So when I was in Orlando, I went to this bar, which now I'm looking at their website. I'm like, wait. So it's called Tory Tory, like Michelin rated restaurant oh, that we it. just, yeah. So I, well, and that's what inspired me to like take a second. I was like, wait, because I got, they had a whole highball menu and I was like, I think I got to take a better look at this. So we all, it was with a group of people, we all ordered different highballs and it was life-changing. I had never had something so simple and so delicious in so many different variations. I was like, oh my God, what did they just do? And I even referenced their menu for this episode because I was like, well, what are they doing now? And that's so funny. I was like, wait, Tori, that sounds so familiar. So I must have, I must have. Yeah. Freaking delicious. If it's a Michelin star restaurant, mm -hmm. I would have to imagine they definitely have one of these highball machines. And it's, you know what's funny, really Brad? really hard to find. Yeah. We just stumbled into it. We didn't know if we were going to get it. And it happened to be later in the evening. They're like, actually, we usually have the line wrapped around the building. It's died down in service right now. You guys couldn't have come at a better time. And so we just walked in, walked at the bar. And apparently that's unheard of. I was like, oh, what just happened? And now, thank God I did. That's awesome. That's super awesome. Yeah, kind of the same thing for me. Like I stumbled into, not literally. I mean, I just, you know, like yeah. figuratively, we, <laughs> hey. we kind of like stumbled into Travail, so before the pandemic, they had something, and they still do, it's called a basement bar. And you could just, it was a cool bar and it's still there. But it's like tickets only, which is super irritating, Lame. you know? So like, yeah. <laughs> you gotta like get a ticket to go to the basement bar. And I'm like, come on, man. So anyways, really cool vibe down there. And I'm sitting down there and it's like, a, like the waning days of when everything was still <laughs> open and we're about to shut down right across the country. And there's this machine back here. And I'm like, kind of like looking, I'm like, I don't know what I want to drink. And one of the bartenders leans over and he's like, hey man, you know, you need to try the highball. And I'm like, oh, highball, it sounds kind of boring. Cause you think a highball, you're like, oh, it's super boring. Right. But when you really stop and like, just slow down for a second and appreciate the fact that one, these things are super crushable, but two, these super fine bubbles just make the experience so incredibly different. Right. Like the better the carbonation you can get in this drink, the better it's going to taste. Yeah. 100%. Like it was an amazing experience. And I was like, holy crap, I've got to get one of these machines. And he's like, well, for starters, at this time, I mean, there were less than 100 in the country, right? Damn. Like I think it was like even less than 75 at the time. And then he's like, and they're $5,000 and you just can't get one as a person like you and me, you've got to like- Go to the black market. <laughs> you're pretty, I mean, I'm telling you, I've looked. And yeah. if, if you're out there listening and you got a line on the Suntory machine, like I'm listening. Yeah. <laughs> Let me yeah. tell you, I listen. Shoot me a message. I yeah. want one of these. <laughs> yeah. Damn. That's so cool though. So thanks to the Japanese, I mean, the highball became like the high priest of, yeah. of tall- I mean, it's, it sounds like to me, they loved the scotch and soda so much that they perfected it and they perfected the highball because they just wanted to elevate it. And yes. elevate they did. Yeah. And what's cool about, you know, like Japanese youth from what I was reading in my research is that they love the highball because it's a nod back to their grandparents. It's like a symbol of authenticity for them and mm. that their grandparents loved it. So they love it. It's like, that's cool. Honoring your grandparents. That's awesome. So cheers to you, Japan. Cheers to you, Prohibition in America and all y'all that claim to have invented it. Yeah. Give it a chance. It's a worthy cocktail for your menu. All right. Well, I do have a tip that 
coincides, I think that's the right term, with the highball. And we're talking about bubbles in our tip. So uh, let's get to it. Yeah. All right, Uncle Brad, I have our tip section locked down. We're going to keep it short. We're going to keep it sweet. I wanted to share, I get asked this a lot as technically this is kind of a spritz and I call myself the CEO of spritz season. You know what, Brad, I see you looking up. You're like, huh? But listen, so the word, I sound like my big fat Greek wedding. The word spritz comes from the German word spritzen, which means to spray. And so anytime there's bubbles, yeah, anytime there's (laughs) bubbles, I'm sorry, it's a spritz. You're spritzing. So I leave you with that. But my tip of the day is to (laughs) talk about bubbles. And I get a lot of questions. What in the hell is the difference between soda water, club soda, salsa water, da, da, da? So let me just rattle off the differences. And I will tell you my preferred And Brad, you can jump in and say your preferred for cocktails. So soda water, for a lot of people out there, I want you to know it is a generic term for carbonated water. So it is saying soda water, that can mean seltzer water, it can mean club soda. So really, it's just totally generic. It just means carbonated water. Club soda is water that's carbonated by injecting it with that CO2, and then infusing it with added minerals. Now, sparkling water is sparkling mineral water that is naturally carbonated, which is why each brand that you see on the market will sometimes have a different flavor based on the minerals in that area or how they're making it. So that's why it depends and flavors can vary. Now you have seltzer water, which seltzer generally doesn't contain any added minerals, which gives it a more plainer taste. And then lastly, you have tonic water, which is the easiest one to pick out of a lineup because it has quinine added and sugar. So it will definitely have a distinct flavor. But those are the differences. Now, my favorite to use a lot of the time for consistency has to be club soda. I think it has the most bubbles and I will say the one I like to use the most. So that's the one I always recommend. The one I like to use the most is sparkling water because I have a sparkling water maker and I can add as many bubbles as I want rather than buying a brand. And because I've I've done like the Perrier, which doesn't give you the bubbles you want compared to Perrier, isn't it? Perrier. What did I say? You said Perrier. (laughs) It's Perrier. Brad, I'm on my second eyeball, okay? I mean, I know you know that. That's why I'm like calling this out. Like, I know you know it's Perrier. That just... Perrier. 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 Yeah, no, you're 100% right. So yeah, so Perrier isn't as carbonated, I feel like, as like a Topo Chico or a Jaritos. So I like to make my own sparkling water. But club soda, if you want the vivacious bubbles, is the way to go, in my opinion. Brad? Yeah, they say Schweppes is the bubbly, bubbly. But I'm telling you, Soda Stream, big fan. Oh, man. It has saved my... Because sometimes you were... I mean... You run out and you're like, well, I don't want to have to go to the store for club soda. I know. Well, it feels kind of silly too. It's like I can make it so easily. I know. Well, I'm not going to plug for a sponsorship at all because this isn't sponsored, but I did just work with SodaStream in Williams-Sonoma. And Brad, 
They just launched an exclusive SodaStream machine that you plug into the wall. Same as before, you put the cartridge in with the water, you lock it down, you just press a button and you walk away and it will carbonate for you. Like you don't have to keep holding it down the dee, 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 dee. You know, like I always do that <laughs> where it I clicks, mean, you know? Sure. This one has okay. buttons. Yeah. Convenience. Just saying. So as opposed to hitting the button three times, I just hit it once. <laughs> Yes. You know what? It saves you time if you're because then you can make the water go and Does then run it? back and keep making cocktails. <laughs> I'm just saying. You know what? I'm here for ease. Okay. I'm just saying. Okay, I was yeah, wow. Right. I, I hear you collecting big chicken. Yeah. I mean, I, I got you. I, I had got a couple you. of I these just, machines and I was like, okay, this is my favorite. Yeah, I, I can see, like, you know, I guess it takes the guesswork out of it, right? I mean, are we just getting lazier? I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. Well, as somebody who has honked his water Ugh. three times, honked. you know, yeah, <laughs> I've never asked for those two extra honk seconds back. Well, <laughs> you know what? You're going to try it one time and you're going to be like, wow, the time I do no doubt. have. Like, yeah, listen, yeah, yeah. somebody gives that to me for a gift. I'm going to be like, hell yeah. Thanks, man. Like, what a cool gift. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All right, I'll leave you with that. Make your own sparkling water if you can. It's worth it. It'll save you time. It'll save you money. It'll save the earth because you're not getting all those bottles. That's actually true. I am a big fan just for that reason, like not loading up the recycling, even though it's recycling. It's like, it's still, it's gotta go somewhere. I mean, it's I just, know. it's it's silly. Like, just stop. But bubbles matter. Yeah, bubbles matter. So, okay. I leave you with that. Cool. Jules, good one. Uncle Brad. Cheers, Jules. And thank you, everyone, for listening to the show. Don't worry. We will have the photos and recipes for today's cocktails on the website, joinjules.com. And if you got questions or comments for us, hit us up on the Insta at The Art of Drinking Podcast. And of course, find Jules at joinjules or at favorite Uncle Brad. That's me, also on the Insta. And hey, subscribe to my cocktail club on Facebook. All you'll need to do is search Join Jewels Cocktail Club, and there you'll see what other cocktail enthusiasts are shaking up. This is a Red Rock Music Podcast. Don't forget, subscribe, like, and review The Art of Drinking with Join Jewels and your favorite uncle wherever you get your podcasts. <laughs>